we're just so grateful and thankful that we serve a mighty God. And we bless you tonight, Lord Jesus. We just lift you up and we just desire that your presence permeate this atmosphere. And do great and mighty things. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Be ready to worship tonight. Come on, let's worship together. Reaching for the prize, I'm giving everything. I give my life for this, it's what I live for. Nothing will keep me from all that you have for me.
worship you in this house tonight. Come on, let's just lift our hands together. Oh, it's a day of a reset. It's a day of a reset of the cornerstone. Oh, he's the cornerstone. He's the one that we build on. No one else can be the foundation. through every storm you make us solid steadfast immovable unshakable we put our trust in you Lord and you never fail you never let us down oh hallelujah 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 Jesus hallelujah to your holy name than your enemies. Walk in my wisdom. 
walk in my understanding and grow, grow, grow in me for greater things I have for you. Greater things I have for you to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. I'll tell you what, this is a sweet place. I mean, Hershey may be the sweetest place on earth. No, we, we got the sweet place, right? Because n- there's nothing sweeter than the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Good evening. Good to see each of you tonight. A few announcements before we get started. The youth are making cookies, Christmas cookies, on Saturday. So if you'd like to order some, you can place your order back there. And it's all by donation. So we thank you for supporting us as our youth learn new kitchen skills. It's all good. And talking about cooking... Melissa's new cookbook just arrived. It's very beautiful. It's more than a cookbook. She tells funny stories. Usually her baking bloopers. <laughs> so that's in the back. If you'd like to have a, a Christmas gift for someone you love or you want to add some laughter to your kitchen while you cook, this would be a good book for you. And then... Um, youth have breakfast this Saturday also from 9 to 11. And at 10.15, we're heading down to the square. So if you want to meet us at the Palmyra Square, we'll be there this Saturday. From 10.15 to 10.45, right before Santa arrives, we're going to greet everybody bef- with the truth first. And then they can go have some fun. <laughs> and then um, I saw these cards back there. Happy birthday, Jesus. We welcome you and your family to join us as we celebrate Jesus' birthday at our special Christmas service, December 24th, which is a Sunday, at 10 a.m. So it's our regular Sunday service time, but you could invite your neighbors, coworkers, friends, family. They're back on the um, seed, seed planter. And then, yeah, that's the announcement. I doubled it up with the postcard. So I'm all finished. God bless you. Praise God. Our youth group are go-getters and jet-setters. we got an amazing youth group. Hallelujah. Say, it's a good day in the Lord. Amen. Every day in the Lord is a good day. Hallelujah. Well, we're in that wonderful time of the year. Amen. So uh, I was impressed this afternoon to talk about, uh, well, I'm going to start talking about the benefits of Christmas, but tonight I want to talk about the Holy Spirit of Christmas. Amen. And, uh, you know, the Christmas story is a beautiful story of about salvation, fulfilling God's word and will. You know, uh, I was listening to uh, John Bevere the other day, and he was explaining 
the statistics of Jesus fulfilling eight prophecies, it would be like having the whole state of Texas covered in silver dollars two feet deep and you drop a guy from a plane blindfolded and he finds the one silver dollar. That's the that's the statistic of, of if someone would fulfill eight prophecies, Jesus fulfilled 48 prophecies. Amen? And I'm going to have to get that so that we can see that because he really explains it a whole lot better than I do. But, I mean, we serve an awesome God, don't we? And I just want to say God loves you so much. And he wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. And he's got power for you to live a victorious life, a triumphant life, a blessed life. Amen? I want to live the blessed life. Amen? We're blessed. We might as well live it. We don't have to apologize for it. Abraham didn't go around saying, you know, I'm just so sorry. I'm so blessed. (laughs) You know? I mean, Isaac didn't complain that he was more blessed than Abimelech, the king. Right? You know, Jacob didn't complain that he was just so much more blessed than Laban. I mean, Jacob became richer than his employer, who was his uncle. How can an employee become richer than the employer? Because you're blessed. Amen? The power of the blessing. Now, I'm even talking about that tonight. If you have your Bibles tonight, of course, uh, you can give any time during the service. And if you're watching online, uh, you can go to our website and do that. But uh, praise God. You know, I, I told the people in Liberia, we get into the Word so the Word can get into us. I mean, we are Word people. Jesus was a word person. He was the word made flesh, right? And uh, we can be word people just like Jesus as he fills us, all right? Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Hallelujah. So now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his... When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was working. The Holy Ghost was moving. I like the King James, Holy Ghost. Something about saying ghost. Spirit's good, but ghost, you know. Hallelujah. So, The Holy Spirit had the power to conceive. Hallelujah. And Mary was pregnant with a child while she was engaged to Joseph. Now, in those days, an engagement then was not like an engagement today. It was like a firm commitment covenant contract and uh, the only difference is it wasn't consummated, but if you violated that, it was like breaking the marriage vows. That's how serious it was. And so Mary was found to be with child. Another translation says she was pregnant with child by the Holy Ghost. 
that, that word pregnant with child or found with child, it means inside, within. It means uh, uh, the condition or state in which something operates from the inside. How many know when the Holy Ghost works, he doesn't work on the outside, he works on the inside. He works from the inside out, right? Anything that is conceived is, is an inside thing. It's not an outside thing, okay? So the Holy Spirit, he conceives things. He creates things, and he uses supernatural power, all right? This wasn't an ordinary thing. This was a supernatural thing. This was a heavenly thing, all right? So the Holy Spirit can birth things, amen? He, he's got some things that are inside of you that need to be brought out. They need to be birthed. There were books inside of you. Some of you brought them out. Maybe there's some more books than some other people. You've got to bring them out. You've got to give birth to those things that God put on the inside of you. God gave me a vision of helping people find their treasure and inheritance in God's Word. He put that seed in me. It was conceived in me. And there came a point in time when that was brought out. And that's why we have our slogan today of something that I wrote down in the 1990s. Inheriting God's promises and experiencing them. That was something that was conceived in me that I gave birth to. Amen? Hallelujah. So when, when God puts something in you, he activates his power to bring it out of you. It takes the power of God to bring it out. Amen? Hallelujah. God just needed an avenue where his son could be born on the earth. And that avenue was Mary. It was Mary Lane. Right? Mary Boulevard. God used Mary Boulevard to, bring, to put his son on the earth because that was his plan. That's what he said from the very beginning. Okay? So the Holy Spirit, he activates or animates God's Word. You know, sometimes to some people, those are just words on pages. But to others, when you hear it and something gets activated, a catalyst begins to take place. A chemical reaction goes off on the inside. For the prophet Jeremiah, it was like fire shut up in his bones. For the, for the fishermen who were cleaning their nets, and those words, follow me, did something on the inside of them. It, it birthed something in them. They, be, they, they changed their career just like that. And this is the power of the Holy Spirit. He activates or he animates God's word, and he writes it on your heart. Did you know God took a heart of stone out of us and he put a heart of flesh so that he could literally write his law on our heart? God designed every human heart, which is really the spirit, the spirit, to contain the word of God. You were designed for the words of God to abide in you. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words Abide in you. You can ask whatever you will. When you have his words abiding in you, there's power. And it's the Holy Spirit that brings it to pass. So when you conceive something, conception means you've transferred one thing. You transfer something from someone to someone else. 
So the Holy Spirit can be transferred. He can be implanted. God deposits in you the power to bring things to pass or to make it happen, to cause it to occur, and to bring about what he said. God gave Abraham a promise. And it was the power of God that resurrected his, his inside, that resurrected Sarah's womb. And it created an atmosphere when it was simply impossible, physically impossible, but God's power created an atmosphere where Isaac could be born. Amen? Say, the Spirit of God makes things happen. He can cause things to occur. He can bring about what he said. Now, when we doubt, disobey, and disbelieve God, it interrupts the transfer. You know, if you're doing a wire transfer and something in the process is hindered, the transfer doesn't go through. Right? Maybe if you have direct deposit, right, and maybe something gets messed up. And like uh, when, when you sign up for something, I got a call today that they said, you know, we, we have this monthly thing. It says the card that you have on file is about to expire. And if I let it expire, it'll hinder the transfer. It'll stop the transfer. But see, conception means something is transferred from one to another. Whew. God transferred something into Mary. He put an incorruptible seed in her. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit, he reveals God's heart to your heart. He is, he, he, he's the spirit communication network. God speaks spirit to spirit. God is a spirit, right? And he speaks directly to our spirit via or via, however you want to say it, the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the network by which God communicates to us. Amen? He reveals the truth of God's word with power. He communicates to your spirit, and he enhances your speech, and he does it from within. He doesn't do it from without. He does it from on the inside. He is the inside man. All right? Something was put inside Mary. It was a seed. And that seed met up with her egg. And she had the womb that was necessary to bring forth the Savior. And it was brought about by power. Hallelujah. So God's going to bring about some things. The Holy Spirit, see, if we we want to know what belongs to us or what God's given to us, the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. He says, hey, this is yours. This belongs to you. This was given to you. Amen? And the Holy Spirit, he teaches. He, right, he's the greatest teacher of all time. He strengthens. When you're weak, he can pump you up. When you're empty, he can fill you up. Hallelujah. So he strengthens, he speaks, he leads, he intercedes, he testifies. Everybody say he. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's a person. Okay? 
He testifies, he corrects, he convicts, he shows you what's ahead. He'll show you things to come. He explains, he enables, he empowers you to fulfill your destiny. See, I have a destiny. God gave you a destiny. He created you with an assignment. He created you with a purpose. And it's going to take the power of God for you to fulfill your purpose. You can't fulfill your purpose in the flesh. You can't fulfill your purpose without God. It's going to take the power of God for you to fulfill your purpose. We need the power. Tonight we're going to get powered up. You came in here, your battery's low, you're going to get charged up. This is a filling station, a charging station, a feeding station, a watering station. This is a refreshing station. Amen? So he's our helper, our comforter, our advocate, our intercessor, our counselor, our strengthener, and our standby. So Mary was pregnant with power. Woo! Glory to God! She was pregnant with power! She, she was pregnant with power! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God impregnated her with power. Something that was never done before was able to be done because of the power of God. God put his power on the inside of her. I wrote that statement down. I got She was pregnant with power. Oh, my God. God deposited, placed, and invested his power in her, just like he does to you. When you accept Jesus, when you confess him as Lord, he deposits his power into you too. You are plugged into a power source. You are solar powered with the S-O-N, not the S-U-N. The S-U-N is limited, but the S-O-N is unlimited. Hallelujah. So... He gives you witnessing power. He gives you power from on high. Our power source is not a waterfall. Our power source is not coal. Our power source comes from heaven. It comes from on high. Amen? Mary connected with some power that was on high. Oh, hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians 4, 7 for just a second. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. My goodness. Woo. We got to get some people pregnant with some power. You know what happens when you're pregnant with power? You birth, you birth miracles. When you're pregnant with power, demons scream when you walk into a room. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil because God was with them. Jesus was anointed with power. Jesus was pregnant with power and we can be pregnant with power. (laughs) Second Corinthians 4, 7. (laughs) Woo! Hallelujah. But we have this treasure... In earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Woo! 
It's about God's power, not about us. Amen? His power came as a seed. And she conceived and and in her was a life was formed. And the purpose of the power was so that she could give birth to a savior. The purpose of the power was so that she could give birth to a savior. Because the savior had to be born. Because it was prophesied 760 years before that a savior was going to be born by a virgin. So God was just following his plan. God was following his word. And he connected with the virgin who was righteous of David's line. And she connected with the power and Jesus was born. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's power supernaturally enhanced the natural process. What, What process in life do you need supernaturally enhanced? Listen, people give birth all over the world, but Mary gave birth in a supernatural way. Amen? It was a supernatural power that got on the inside of her. So what what area of life do you need supernaturally enhanced? Amen? God wants to enhance your natural area tonight, your natural ability. When the supernatural and the natural come together, there's an explosive force. Why? Because there's some power there. Hallelujah. When God is supernatural is combined with your natural, great things are produced and great results occur. Hallelujah. The word power that Mary experienced was dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite, dynamite. And dunamis is able, it's having ability. How many need prospering ability? How many need overtaking ability? How many need possessing ability? Dunamis is having ability... It's the ability to perform its power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent power. Hallelujah. We, we achieve success not on our ability, not on our skill, but on his power, on his favor. Amen? It's the power of God that makes a difference in your life. Dunamis is ability, power, and strength. Hallelujah. Number two, in the Holy Ghost of Christmas, God's power was for a purpose. Go back to Matthew chapter 1. What was the purpose? See, God's not going to give you power that's purposeless. The power that God gives you always has a purpose. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But while, so Joseph was, he he was going to put Mary away. and, And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take Mary to your wife. You know, the first thing that the power of God's got to deal with is the fear. The power of God, you know, love... When you let love come in, perfect love casts out fear. Yes. 
Okay? Fear not to take uh, unto you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21, and she shall bring forth a son. The purpose of the power is to bring forth a son. That's the purpose. And you shall call his name Jesus. See, whatever God wants, you've got to name what God put on the inside of you. You've got to give it a name. You've got to give it an identity. It could be a business. It could be an invention. It could be an idea. But you you, you got to give what God put in you a name. What did God tell Adam to do? To name the what? He had to give the names to animals. Every animal that we have today, Adam named. Okay? He said, you, you shall... The purpose is to bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen? See, what you give birth to needs a name, and you need to designate it for God's purpose. God gave people names. Abram, I'm going to change your name to Abraham, father of many nations. Saul, you're no longer Saul. You're going to be known as Paul. Jacob, you're no longer a trickster. You're going to be a prince of God. You're going to be called Israel. See, God gives names for his purpose. So his power gives you victory. It helps you overcome difficulty. It helps you overcome opposition. God's power does. God's power saves. You're here tonight because you were saved by the power of God. We were spiritually, at one point in our lives, we were spiritually dead until we connected with some resurrection power. And all of us spiritually dead people came alive in Jesus. We, we, we were given a new nature. Hallelujah. We were given a new feature. We were given a new song to sing. We were given a new way to live, a new way to walk. Hallelujah. A new way to talk. Glory to God. Mm. His power rescues. God told Moses, I'm going to deliver Israel through you. And Moses delivered Israel with power, didn't he? He's one of the most people who performed some of the most miracles. With the power. God used his power in Moses to deliver his people from bondage. Have you ever come across someone in bondage? Have you ever come across someone that, that, that could use some freedom and some liberty? Guess what? you got freedom creating and liberating power in you in the name of Jesus. Why? we got the power of God in us. We are containers of God's power. His power provides for you. His power heals you. The Bible says in in Luke 5, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Amen? Amen. Wherever God is, there's power to do something. It could heal. It could could do whatever needs to be done. How do I tap into the power? Believe it and receive it. Everybody say, believe it and receive it. So God's power has a purpose. God puts his power in you for a divine purpose. What's, what's the purpose of God? Number one, build his kingdom. 
We are kingdom builders. You either, you're either building your section of the wall or you're not building your section of the wall. When Nehemiah wanted to rebuild the wall, every family had a section. Every family had a section along that wall. And every family was working together, building their section. And in 52 days, they built, rebuilt the wall. Everybody, see, everybody's got a part. So God's purpose for his power is, number one, to build his kingdom. Number two, it's to carry out his plan. God has got a plan for every one of us. Well, I'm retired. I don't have a plan. No, God's got a plan. You're not retired until you go to heaven. Our retirement plan is out of this world. So if you're still on this world, God's got a plan for you. Amen? You just need to know what the plan is for the season of your life that you're in. But God's not done with you. If you have breath in your lungs, God's not done with you. He's still got a purpose for you. There are souls to win. There are people to influence for the gospel. There are people to snatch from the fire. There are things to pray for. You just ask the Lord. Okay, so God's power is to build his kingdom. Number two is to carry out his plan. Number three is to do his will. God didn't resurrect you from the dead to do nothing. He could have just left you dead to do nothing. You mean to tell me he he gave his only son as a sacrifice so that you could be saved and do nothing? No, God didn't call you to do nothing. You got to do his will. You got to be filled. Colossians 1.9 says, pray that you be filled with the knowledge of his will, with all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you can walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. We are on this earth to be pleasing God. That's our number one priority. doesn't matter what you do or what your career is. Our number one priority is pleasing God. And that has to be done by faith. Everything else is secondary. Come on. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everybody say first. Yeah, we got to put God first. We got to put his will first. His kingdom is his will. God's got a will for your life. He, he, there's things that he wants you to do, things that he's assigned you to do. Did you know when Moses wanted to get out of his calling that it didn't work out too well, to him, too well for him? God sent him help, but he was still responsible to carry out that call. I, I had heard it said about Catherine Kuhlman. She was the seventh person that God asked to have that healing ministry. Six other people didn't want it. They didn't want to pay the price or whatever. But she, she decided to take it on. Amen? Jesus said, you got to deny yourself. you got to pick up your cross and you got to follow me. Too many Christians have let their cross down. <laughs> One of my friends in Illinois, before I was married, he made like a, we had like an eight-foot, nine-foot cross. And we would take that cross to all the area events, like the fireworks, the taste of the Illinois Valley. And we would go carry that cross through the crowds and pass out tracks. It was quite exciting, let me tell you. We encountered religious opposition. I found out the worst spirit to deal with is a drunk religious person, an alcoholic religious person. I know God. They were very difficult to deal with. 
And believe me, the town that I grew up in was full of them. The town that I grew up in, alcohol is available everywhere. But God brought me out, amen, hallelujah. So God's, the purpose of God's power is to build his kingdom, to carry out his plan, to do his will, and finally to help others to know him. God, there is, you know people that need to know him. And God will help you so that they can know him. And he'll, he'll give you the power that you need. Amen? He, he told his disciples, he said, if you get pulled before judges or those in authority, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Ghost will give you the words to say. Amen? Say, I've got the power to help people know him. Yeah, those are the purposes of God's power. And then he'll also, he also has power to help you in your life. He can help you overcome obstacles. Amen? But God's power. So the Holy Spirit, he's an interior designer. He likes to decorate you from the inside so that you look beautiful on the outside. He's an interior designer. He works in the interior of your heart and soul. He, he works inside where nobody can see. Only God knows your hearts. And, and the Holy Spirit is the only one qualified to do heart surgery. He's the only one qualified. He has a 100% success rate removing hearts of stone and replacing them with hearts of flesh. He's an interior designer. He is the ultimate inside man. Helping you from within. John fourteen seventeen says, The Spirit of truth, He is with you, and He shall be in you. We have the advantage in the New Testament to those that, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Spirit of God inside of them. He would come on them. But they didn't, He, he wasn't in them, but for us, He's in us. He doesn't have to come on us. We just have to bring Him up like a fountain. He's in there. We just got to hit the button. And water comes out. It's like an elevator door. You hit the button and the door opens up. It's amazing. You've got something on the inside. And you you access it by faith. Hallelujah. All right, go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're talking about the Holy Ghost at Christmas. You know, he was involved in Christmas. Guess what? When it comes time for you to celebrate Christ's birth, make sure that you are participating with the Holy Ghost. He's as much a part of it as everything else. Have a Holy Ghost party at your house. When you get ready to eat your Christmas meal, say, we're going to have a Holy Ghost time today. Anybody need a miracle with a side of turkey or whatever? (laughs) Hallelujah. Go to Luke 135. How does his power work? Okay? How many know how his power works? Mary asked this question. She's like, how's this going to work? Mary was a sharp cookie. Right? She was smart. She asked the right questions. Okay? The angel said to her, verse 35, Luke 1.35. And the angel answered and said unto her, this is how it works, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Woo, that sounds good. Amen? How many ever tried on a new outfit? Right? You put it on, you look in the mirror, you walk with it. Right? You want to make sure it fits good. It looks, am I, right? Yeah. 
where the Holy Ghost comes on you, right? He comes on you like like a garment, like a blanket on a cold night. He comes on you and he wraps himself around you. Hallelujah. So the Holy Ghost is going to come on you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. He comes on like this. You know, the Holy Ghost is like a a hummingbird. He can hover. When God created the world, what was the Holy Ghost doing? He was hovering. He was covering so that when the word was spoken, he could activate it. He's hovering like a helicopter. The power of the highest, the highest degree of power, the highest source of power. There's no power that can match the highest power. This is like the supreme power shall overshadow you. You know, when God would come on a mountain in the days of Moses, when, when Moses got the Ten Commandments, God came on a mountain and the mountain shook. There was thunder, lightning, clouds, fire, and Moses went up into the smoke. Amen? So when, when God, when the power of the highest overshadows you, something's going to shake. Something's going to give. Amen? Why do people fall into the power? Because they're being overshadowed with the highest power. Hallelujah. Mm. And uh, therefore also that holy thing shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Okay, so here's how it works. So if the Holy Spirit can overshadow you, he can move. If he can conceive, he can move. How many know in a service sometimes the Holy Ghost is moving? He moves like a river. See, every river is different, but there's one thing about the same every river. Every river's got a current. Every river's got a direction, and every river's got a flow, right? You just got to get into the flow. You just got to get into the current, right? You, you, you just get into that current and let that current take you down. I'll never forget when I was lost in New Zealand, and I fell into the river. I'll tell you what, that current took me. It was rapid. I mean, it wasn't like whitewater rapid, but I was, I was in New Zealand. I had a, a borrowed rifle, and I was gonna, we were going to go around this mountain. I was going to meet this guy over here. I was going to go this side. He was going to go this side. We were going to meet in the middle. Well, and I've told this story many times, but my trail got smaller and smaller until I tripped and fell into the river, and that current went, boom, and it took everything within me to swim to shore. And I didn't lose the rifle because it was borrowed. So I, I swam to shore. And it took everything within me. That's how strong the current is. See, sometimes you just need to get into the current of the Holy Spirit and let that current take you. See, the current of the Holy Spirit, it's not like an undercurrent in the ocean. It's not going to harm you. It's going to help you. But you've got to get into the flow. See, if you don't get into the flow, you'll miss the flow. If you don't get into the flow, the flow will bypass you. You've got to get into the flow. How do I get into the flow? You get in there by faith. Amen? Sometimes you've got to do what's illogical to do what's right in your heart. Right? How many ever had a disagreement with your head and your heart? Your heart says one thing. Come on, go. 
go, go. And your head says, what are people going to think? What are they going to think of me? That doesn't seem right. We never did that in our church. I remember doing that growing up in, in the church I went to. Well, guess what? You're not in the church you went to anymore. Maybe there's a reason why you're not there anymore. The current, that current there was frozen. It was an ice block. Couldn't move on that thing. So if the Holy Spirit can overshadow you, he, he can move. And he does move. And he moves in the service. I remember sitting in the worship center. And uh, it was when God changed my heart to an evangelist, from an evangelist to a pastor. And I'd watch Pastor Sam. If he'd move to the left, I moved to the left. If he moved to the right, I would just watch him move to the right. I was fixed. Of, I, could, I could almost sense what was about to happen next in the service. That's how, that's, I was just uh, in tune. Amen? You, you can be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Let him be your dance partner, but let him lead. If he leads, he won't step on your toes. But you've got to let him lead. See? And dancing, you know, you, you move, there's a rhythm to it. And you're moving, the Holy Spirit has a rhythm to it. Okay? So this word come, the Holy Spirit will come on you, right? It means fitting. It means to come upon. It means the inevitable effects that build a particular coming. How many know it's, (coughs) excuse me, it's the action as the epicenter of what's happening. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, that's the epicenter. That's where the action's taking place, right? When he comes on you, something's about to happen. I'll never forget when I was in the Czech Republic, and uh, we were in a Bible study with a Swedish evangelist. And that Swedish evangelist began sharing, and all of a sudden, I felt heavy, and I started to shake. And my breathing was like, because I felt the presence of God for like 40 minutes. I don't even know what he was saying, but he prophesied about me. And I'm sitting there shaking under the power of God. And I was just, we were just at a Bible study. I didn't even expect it, but I got in the flow. See, when you get in the flow, you might do something that you don't expect. I'll never forget when I was at uh, a church in Jackson, Mississippi. And Rodney Howard Brown was there. In that service, I ran, I shook, I laughed, I cried, I danced. I might have even rolled on the floor. I did a little bit of everything. It was like a smorgasbord. So when the Holy Spirit comes on you, that's the epicenter of what he wants to do. Right? It means to come and arrive, to be at hand and to overtake. Listen. He'll never force control, but you've got to let him have control. It's, it's called yielding to the Holy Ghost. The opposite of yielding to the Holy Ghost is being stiff-necked. Holy Spirit tells you to do something, and you say, no, I don't want to. I don't feel led. 
I'll give you a box of sinkers. You can feel lead if you want. Okay, now the word overshadow. Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. The word overshadow means to cast a shade. It means to cast a shadow on. It means which leaves a, 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 a result. It always brings his plan to pass. Oh, hallelujah. It brings his. How many want God's plan to pass? Amen. You got to let him overshadow you sometimes. They, they were telling John the Baptist. They said, oh, Jesus is baptizing more people than you are. John just smiled and said, he must increase. I must decrease. Sometimes we just got to say, Holy Ghost, have your way. Stop any resisting and just let him do what he wants to do. Amen? Isn't that what Mary said? Be it according to me as your word. She just said, well, do what you got to do. Right? Do what you got to do. Amen? Just say, God, do what you got to do. Because God knows what he's doing. Just let him do it. Don't reason it out. Don't think about it. Just yield and step in and move. Amen? Joshua didn't sit down and do a calculation of what's going to make the walls fall. All he did was walk around six times and on the seventh day seven times. And on the seventh time when the trumpets blew, he shouted. He didn't sit there and make calculations. He just did what God told him to do. And he got results. Moses didn't sit down and calculate how big of a wide path he needs to go through the Red Sea. Let's see, we got, we got two, three million people. I need something this wide, something this big. No! He just put his stick over the water and it parted. He just did what God said do. We get so religious. God tells you to do something and you're like, hmm. Never did that before. Well, there's always a first. I'm sure there was a time you never drove before, but now you're driving. There's always, you, you, there's always a first every time. Let's just yield to God. Amen? And then, then uh, the third part is in this story, there were people who were filled with the Spirit. Even in the Christmas story, people were filled with the Spirit. First one was Luke one fifteen. Look at Luke one fifteen. <laughs> Whoo! When you're filled with the Spirit, when someone is filled, that means something's going to come out or something's going to do. You're, you're going to say something or you're going to do something. People who are filled say something or do something. Right? That's just, okay. Luke one fifteen. This is uh, Zechariah talking about his son John, or the angel talking about his son uh, John. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He doesn't, get, he doesn't drink strong drink, but yet he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. Woo! Can you imagine having a Holy Ghost filled baby in your womb? Man, 
Wouldn't that be awesome? I, I can only imagine. Because I'm not about to have a baby in my womb. Because I wasn't designed that way. So John was filled with the Holy Ghost. The only person that the Bible ever says was filled with the Holy Ghost in the womb. Man. Having a baby filled with the Holy Ghost. All right. Next one is verse 41. Same chapter. Verse 41. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary... Notice the babe leaped in her womb. Everybody say the babe leaped. He was responding to the word with the Holy Ghost. He was doing something. Say he was doing something. What does it feel like to leap in the womb? Mary walks in pregnant with the word and John is doing flip-flops in Elizabeth's belly because that's all that he can do at the moment. What's going on, Elizabeth? Oh, that's my Holy Ghost-filled son. (laughs) He's just seeing Jesus. Man. So, okay, what happened then? So Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And she spoke with a loud voice. Everybody say, she spoke with a loud voice. So when you're filled, you're either going to do something or you're going to say something. What kind of voice did she speak with? She wasn't quiet. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, he's not quiet. If you try to whisper, it's not going to work. Amen? Okay. Go down to verse 67. Verse 67. <laughs> Zechariah, he couldn't use his 12,000 words for nine months. And when he finally believed God, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Nine months of tarrying. Nine months of quiet. All right? Verse 67. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, say, and prophesied. So he he began to say something. When you're filled, you're either going to say something or you're going to do something. If you're not saying anything, you're not doing anything, maybe you're not filled. But you can get filled. Amen? Amen. There's plenty to go around. God wants you full. In order for Mary to obey her call, she had to be filled. She had to have a connection with the power of God. Before Jesus sent out his disciples, after he left this earth, what did he want them to do? To be filled. He said, I want you to go wait in Jerusalem for the, po- the promise of my Father, power from on high. You need, you need to be endued with power from on high. And he, they needed that so that they could spread the gospel. Okay? So, John, all he, all he could do was leap in the womb. But Elizabeth and Zechariah, they spoke. All right? One more thing. Fourth point is... You have to be led by the Spirit. Okay? You have to be led by the Spirit. Go to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Luke 2, verse 25. God is moving. 
Are you getting into the flow? You know, in order for someone to be drunk, they have to drink. You can't get drunk staring at alcohol. I guarantee you, you won't get you you won't gain any weight staring at a Big Mac. You got to actually take a bite. And if you want to get drunk with alcohol, you got to drink. And if you want to get drunk in the spirit, you got to move your mouth. Amen. See, your tongue is like the bucket that goes down into the well. And and the more you dip your bucket down into the well, it, it, it starts to spin and becomes a river. See, because still water doesn't generate power. That's why rivers come out of your belly. Anyway, okay, so Luke 2.25. This is my last point. And God's going to come on you and overshadow you and fill you. Amen? He's going to get you ready for your Christmas celebration. Everybody say celebration. celebration. It should be a celebration. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Now, Jesus isn't a baby anymore. He's a man. Amen? But we're celebrating his birth because that changed the course of history. If he wasn't born, we wouldn't be saved. Amen? It's worth, it's worth celebrating. And don't get, They asked me a question in Africa. Uh <laughs> You know, is, Jesus, is December 25th the birthday of Jesus? I said, it doesn't matter. That's the day I choose to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate his birthday. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You just celebrate his birthday. Yeah. I mean, we, we went there with the shepherds. Let's just celebrate Jesus. Let's just celebrate his birthday. Let's have fun. Amen? And if you have people over your house that are on you, you got the Holy Ghost. He's bigger than them. He can deal with them. Amen. Just start talking in the Holy Ghost. You'll, you'll straighten things out real quick. <laughs> okay, Luke 2.25. All right, this is the Holy Ghost of Christmas. This was eight days after Jesus was born. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Okay? The man was just and devout. Everybody say just and devout. Okay, he was righteous, right? And uh, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting to see the Savior. God told him, you're not going to die until you see the Savior. So he had a promise of God that he was going to live until he saw Jesus. All right? When God gives you a promise, you can hold on to it because it's going to come to pass. So... He was righteous and he was waiting. Everybody say he was waiting. When you're waiting, you got to beware so you're not impatient. What are you doing? I'm waiting. You're going to keep waiting because you got the wrong attitude while you're waiting. You got to wait with joy. Amen? Okay. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Woo, said the Holy Ghost was on him. Man, I'll tell you what, something happens when the Holy Ghost is on you. And he's in us. Say the Holy Ghost is in me. And because he's in you, he can come on you whenever you are, wherever you are. Amen? He's like an umbrella. Just open him up. He's right. Just open him up right here. He's in me, now he's on me. He's in me, now he's on me. He's omnipresent. He can be in both places. 
Amen. Some of you are, it's raining and it's hard to get the umbrella open. Religion is trying to struggle with that umbrella. I can't get that umbrella open. They're just getting drenched. (laughs) The Holy Ghost was on him. (laughs) And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. See, this is how to be led by the Holy Ghost. In order to be led, you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? That he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he was hanging out with the Holy Ghost on him, just listening to, okay, Holy Ghost, is it today? No, not today. All right. Is it today, Holy Ghost? No, not today. Is it today, Holy Ghost? Yes, it's today. All right, let's go. Hallelujah. See, he was led by the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost was on him. Whoo! The Holy Ghost is on him. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is on this place. The Holy Ghost is on you. Verse 27. He came by the Spirit into the temple. He was letting the Holy Spirit lead him. He came by the Spirit. Amen. He didn't come by the schedule. He didn't come by someone else. He came by the Spirit. Hallelujah. When and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of law, he was about to get circumcised. Because it was the eighth day and the Bible, that's the best day to circumcise. Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God. And said, the Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. Notice, he's looking forward to depart this earth because his purpose is done. The last purpose that God wanted him to do was to see the Savior. And he sees the Savior. He holds him in his arms. And he said, now let your servant depart in peace. Everybody say, in peace. See, when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're full of peace. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're full of fruits. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, patience, kindness, meekness. Against such there is no law. Hallelujah. We got to be full of the Holy Ghost and full of fruit. You got more than enough fruit to make a, a bunch of pies to bless the body of Christ. I'm not talking about an actual pie. I'm talking about a spiritual pie. Amen. But with all the fruit that we're producing. Hallelujah. We got an orchard. Verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Because Jesus means salvation. His name means the Lord is salvation. And here, Simeon is beholding salvation in his eyes. He's holding salvation in his hands. He was waiting for salvation. He was waiting to get a hold of salvation. He's holding salvation in his hands. He's looking at salvation with his eyes. He's speaking to salvation. With his words. Because when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're into whatever God is doing. Which you have prepared before all the faces of all the people. A light to lighten the Gentiles. The light is on. 
and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Hallelujah. But that's the work of the Holy Ghost in Christmas. He conceives things. He has power, his powers for a purpose. And uh, how it works and people were filled with the Spirit and we need to be led by the Spirit. And the people in the Christmas story were just like you and I. God took some ordinary people and did some extraordinary things with them. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 I'm not telling you to be quiet either. I'm just, I'm just letting the wind blow. is on you, you can't contain it. You can't keep silent. (laughs) The Holy Ghost is on you. 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 you. He's overshadowing you. He's on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is on you. at the same time. (laughs) The Holy Ghost is on you. (laughs) 
this part was not in my notes. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is on you. <laughs> is on you. <laughs> People are being set free right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whoo. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, the Holy Ghost is on you. is on you. Until we have the service where I talk about Christmas joy. <laughs> Say it's good to laugh. The Bible says laughter is like medicine. I'm just making sure you guys take your medicine. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> 
Wow. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Well, Father, thank God for the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost so much. Lord, we thank you for giving us the Holy Ghost. Thank you that he lives on the inside of us. Thank you that he speaks, he leads, he guides, he directs, he fills, he touches, he lightens loads. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the people that got healed and free tonight. We just bless your holy name. Thank you for confirming your word with signs following. And we just bless you and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Give everybody a great and wonderful week.